All right, welcome back to the Biased Opinion Sports Cup podcast. I'm Seamus Kelly, it's PJ Hennessy, and there's a big episode. It's gonna be a very long episode. It's so just warning you now. We're gonna have possibly five guests coming on. We got a lot of guests. A lot, a lot of, of guests. guests. No problems, but on the number not not entirely sure yet, but at least three or four. At least three or four. A lot of guests. It's the college football season preview. We both big college football fans. Both Notre Dame fans. Diehard. And before I get started, I'm just saying I'm very biased for Notre Dame. If I could have one sports wish, I truly believe I'm. I would take if I could anything could come true in sports it would be Notre Dame wins a national championship. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty spoiled as a Boston sports fan. All my teams have won a national championship. So Arabs won a championship yeah. other than ND. So you know, very biased. Just going. Just warning everyone now. But huge episode here. Gonna be a long one. Gonna be a good. Maybe the best episode ever. Yeah. It's gonna be good stuff. So yeah. Talk some college football. Let's do it. Seamus, who do you think is going to make the uh, college football playoff this year? All right, starting off with some bold predictions here. Uh, my team this year, I already told, said this a couple episodes ago, my uh, big sleeper team this year is Florida. Preseason ranked 9th or 10th, I think. Um, I really like their coach, Dan Mullen. He was offensive coordinator for the last two national championships. Called plays for Tim Tebow. And uh, last year, he, the team improved like, from like they had like five wins the year before. They had ten wins last year. A ton of the team is coming back. Felipe Franks at quarterback. I'm high on Felipe Franks. A lot of people don't like Felipe Franks' game. I'm high on him. So I'm taking Felipe Franks and the, and uh, Michael P. Ryan at running back. <laughs> 980 yards as a backup last year. Getting the starting job this year. He was a beast last year. Mullen likes him a lot. I like him a lot. I'll take Florida. Returning a lot of their team. Great head coach, in my opinion. New Hampshire legend. Uh, yeah, I'll take Florida. Then I'm going to take Bama and Clemson. Pretty boring, but, I mean, it's Bama, I'm, I'm not betting against Clemson to win the trash ACC. Not, I think Bama will go to the SEC championship undefeated and lose to Florida. That's my prediction. That's my. That's yeah, what's going to happen. 12 and 1 Bama's getting in. And then the last team, I'm not 100% sold on this. Really, there's a lot. There's, like, not many elite teams in college football preseason. But like, I, I don't know. There's nobody I'm completely sold on other than those first three teams. But uh, it's going to go all out here. Gonna send it. Very high on my boy Brandon Wimbush on a Notre Dame who just transferred to the University of Central Florida. I'm all in on the UCF to make the college football playoff this year. I think they're finally gonna get over the hump. I think people are finally gonna recognize that they're a good team, good program. I have beef with their backup guy that broke his leg. He he doesn't like ND, but Wimbush, love Wimbush. He beat Michigan. Wimbush is legit. Not the most accurate passer, but that guy can ball, straight up ball. He's a winner. <laughs> I love Wim Brandon Wimbush. I'm going UCF for my fourth team. Bold predictions here. ND's in a rebuilding year. That's why I didn't pick them. Lost their four best players on defense. So, yeah. We'll talk about them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for my four teams, I'm going to go Bama, Clemson, obviously. Uh, then I'm going to go for Texas. I liked what I saw last year Ugh. in Texas. They beat. They killed Georgia in the bowl game last year. They have a big game uh, at home against LSU week two. Another SEC opponent. Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback. Under coach uh, Tom Herman, program is really developing, starting to get better recruits. Big program. End of the starting s- to get better recruits. They always have good recruits. They just, they just don't develop them. Well, they're starting to develop them right now. Oh, sure, uh, beating sure. Georgia. They beat, they beat Oklahoma last year once. It's hard to beat them twice, and they lost a close one in the uh, Big 12 title game. I just think when it comes down to it, their defense is better than Oklahoma. I think they're going to beat Oklahoma and LSU. I guess they'd have to beat Oklahoma twice again for the Big 12. That, that conference is terrible, the way they format it. <laughs> the cha- the championship game is just like the top two teams, and there's like a four way tie tie always at the top. So 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess this year they're going to get over the hump. They're going to beat Oklahoma twice. I guess they're going to have to for the Big 12 championship. Beat Oklahoma twice. You beat LSU at home. It's going to be hard to keep Texas out of the college football playoff. Maybe they lose one game on the road somewhere. But I think they have the best defense in that conference. Maybe the best quarterback. It's arguable. Uh, the, the, we'll see. I like Sam Andrew played really well against Georgia, so I'm I'm big on him. And then for my fourth team, I'm going to go uh, out west to the Pac-12. I'm going to go with Oregon. I think the Pac-12 is in a little bit of a down down year this year. <laughs> not not a whole lot of great teams. That opens up the door for Oregon. They have a game week one against Auburn, who I don't think Auburn has their starting coach yet. Or not their starting coach, their starting quarterback yet. They have like these two kids that are like retro freshmen or whatever. So I think Oregon, uh, Justin Herbert... Maybe one of the top picks in the draft this year. I think Oregon, they've gotten a lot of good recruits lately. I think they're going to come out of the Pac-12. They do have a couple of tricky couple of tricky row games in the Pac-12 this year uh, that they're going to have to navigate through. But I think their offense is going to come through Yeah, at Stanford, at Washington, and at USC, and at Arizona State with Coach Herm Edwards. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't go undefeated, but I think 12-1 Pac-12 champ in the end is going to get the Pac-12 back into the playoff. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you there on a couple of things. First of all, I think Tech, I just, I have a hard time putting my faith in Texas. If I, I mean, I know I've put my faith on UCF, but Texas is going to Texas, in my opinion. They're just going to, they, every time they get hyped, they always just suck. And they win like three games, and it's awful. And they rebuild for two years, get a new coach, whatever. And the hype starts to build, the hype starts to build. Texas is back, Texas is back, and then they blow it again. And they always just keep, it's, just, it's an endless cycle. Vince Young ain't walking through that door. Sam Ellinger is no Vince Young. Although I do respect him. For, I mean, Baker Mayfield is rattled by Sam Ellinger. He, he tweets about him and stuff. Look, we Sam, got, we're doing the horns down. Oh, wait, that's Oklahoma. Never mind. Everybody keeps doing horns down against Texas. Oh, yeah. Also, we got to talk about that rule. That is one of the softest rule changes of all time. You, they banned horns down. They banned it? You, if you do horns down, you get penalized like a, or something. You get in trouble for doing horns down. It's a celebration. It's a. It's a. You're allowed to trash talk. It's not. Horns down isn't disrespectful to anyone. It's not offending anyone. It's horns down. It's trash talk. If they can do horns up, why can't they do horns down? That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, I don't know. Should, the, the fact that they got that ban actually, I think Texas is gonna be. I hope every team does horns down against Texas and just takes the penalty. Just because I don't know that'd be. I think this is a terrible rule change. But Ellinger has Baker Mayfield rattled. And you can, I mean, Baker Mayfield's a future star of the NFL, I think most people would say. So I guess, I mean, if he's if he's an NFL QB's heads, then I like the pick by you. I like that. I mean, we look at their losses last year. Oklahoma took them two times to beat them. West Virginia, Will Greer's not walking through that door. <laughs> um, West Virginia's going to be bad this year, I think. Oklahoma State on the road, always a tough place to play. Texas gets them at home this year. And then uh, Maryland, week one. So that, that, that's a, that should be a 50 50- or you talking last year? That was last year they lost to Maryland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then so, big thing on they're not losing to Maryland this year. They don't have to play Maryland this year. So I think <laughs> I think they'll be able to... They get to avoid Maryland? Yeah, they beat USC last Power year. Uh, so I'm, I'm big on Texas. I, they really dominated... I mean, Georgia's a physical team, and they they weren't they didn't play like a flag football team against them. They played some physical football against Georgia. Right, they, they, get the, they get the same athletes as the SEC. They haven't been able to develop them for 10 years. It's just been endless cycle. We'll see. It could happen. They have the talent. They always have the talent. That's why I'm just I can't pick them. They just always have the talent. Never do anything with it. 
But I respect the pick. And then Oregon, the Pac-12 is just, I don't know. I feel like it's endless. They always, every team goes, every team loses four games. They'll, they always beat each other. They always have these like 11 o'clock primetime rivalry <laughs> games that nobody watches. They all beat each other up. There's always like weird snow games where it's like a 13 to 6 win and it's like, oh. They always have these preseason Heisman candidates that never win. Always getting hurt. I don't know. Pac-12, not, just not a huge fan of that conference, but. I think there's a better chance a Pac-12 team gets in than an AAC team. The, hey, how many? when's the last time a Pac-12 team went undefeated? Uh, I can't. UCF oh. won the national championship a few years ago. So. Oh, did they? Yeah, according to UCF fans. so mm-hmm. They claimed it, so you're allowed to claim national. It's, it's like the good old days where you could claim national championships. Yeah, there's just no good conferences in college football this year. I mean, you look at the ACC, it's Clemson and, like, nobody else. Like Cle- BC? <laughs> Clemson's hardest game is, like, at home week two against Texas A&M, who's not even in their conference. They, I guess they're not going to lose to Syracuse. Dabo's uh, not taking Syracuse lightly anymore. So they're going to beat Syracuse. But Syracuse is, like, the, the biggest game of their season now. Right, and they're not even ranked. <laughs> and so bad, because Florida State's terrible. They have them Florida State is a joke. That program is... That is embarrassing what's happened to them. I mean, they kill South Carolina every single year. Clemson does. Yeah. So they're two tough games or SEC teams, but they have one at home and then South Carolina on the road, but they're going to kill them. But if you look at Clemson, they have all their offense coming back pretty much. All if the- Clemson doesn't make the playoffs, it's embarrassing for them. Like, they... Well, no, but they have no defensive line. Their whole defensive line was a first-round the- draft pick. The first national championship they won there was all, all, all freshmen coming back on the D-line. I'm not, they lost their entire defense the year they won the Natty. That what I'm trying to say is they have 12 weeks to prepare their new defensive line for the college football playoff. Because they have nobody that can beat them. The first 12 weeks, they have, yeah, they have no yeah. competition. I and mean, then the ACC championship game, they're going to go up against like Wake Forest. or I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know who. They came in Charlotte, 8 o'clock ABC every single time. And nobody, I don't even know who takes the time to watch that game. I yeah BC the ACC championship Georgia, could be the worst championship game. It's worse than the Big Twelve championship game. Uh, Georgia Tech actually just landed a big transfer from ND backup safety Derek Allen. Oh so. yeah, Georgia Tech they their coach is gone. They're That's not, a good thing. They're I don't think the they're garbage. doing the, they're not doing the triple option anymore, are they? So they're gonna be trash this oh, year. Isn't uh is Virginia Tech some solid? Virginia Tech that they might can't be, the... be any worse than last year. Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't Virginia know. Tech like. Went like seven and five or eight and four last year. The ACC is a bad conference. It's just there's you can't can't sugarcoat it. Oh, the I mean the U is pretty. The U uh, we'll talk about the U in a little bit maybe. Let's get to the U right now. The Let's U have a right big now. game uh, Saturday the twenty fourth. It's the opening game of college football season against Florida. So that should be a that's a big game. It's in Orlando. Should be a packed house. ACC versus my, SEC. My Florida pick could go down early. But the yeah. good thing is, or well, no, I guess it's a bad thing. Miami is no longer Tate Martell is the third string quarterback on Miami. Few former number two quarterback in the country, undefeated, never lost a game in high school for Bishop Gorman in Nevada. He's five eleven, big mouth, always on Twitter. Never started a game in college football career. This is this would be his third year. Transferred from Ohio State. Uh, yeah. It seems like Tate Martell is all talk at this point. I think he'll be on next season's last chance U. Didn't show up at practice yesterday after he found out he's not the starter. And I think this is a bad thing for my Gators because Tate Martell sucks, can't throw the ball, can't run a read option even though he's a mobile quarterback. So you wish Tate Martell was starting I for the I wish Gators. Tate Martell was starting for against the Gators in week one. Gators would have won this game by 50. 
Great way to start the season on a national championship run. Tate Martel would have been benched. Never be heard from again. Maybe he would have deleted his Twitter, hopefully. Uh, yeah, but Tate Martel won't start, so we're not going to hear from him again other than on Twitter and maybe next season's last chance to you or something like that. Yeah, Tate Martel tweeted, I think this was a while ago, word of advice, dot, 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 don't swing and miss, especially not your second time. And that was... I think that was before. That was when Justin Fields came. That was when Justin and, Fields came, and before he left, so yeah. he was like warning Justin Fields that he was gonna beat him out. And he's Justin, the one who swung and missed and for a second time. Tay Martell is the one who swings and missed for a second time. Yeah, pretty bad when you transfer to a school. A lot of hype over the transfer, and then you get beat up by a redshirt freshman. And then the quarterback who played last year, he's probably ahead of him in the pecking order too. So not not a good look for Tate. Tay Martell doesn't does he? Someone should take his cell phone away. He spends way too much time on Twitter. Guy's obsessed with Twitter since his high school days. That's all he does. He tweets. He tweets like he's like Tom Brady, like he's won six Super Bowls. When in reality, he got carried by the best high school team ever to a 47 0 record, wherever it was, and can't throw the ball and can't run a read option. So, and he's 5'11. Yeah, he probably wouldn't even gotten the Ohio State job, even if Justin Fields didn't go there. No, no chance. I don't think so. This guy, Gunner Hoke from uh, Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky's backup. Still has not lost a competition to Fields. Yeah, let's move on to the Ohio State uh, quarterback competition. I was uh, researching this. I guess Gunnar Hoke is doing better with the second team than Justin Fields did with the first team in the scrimmages. Gunnar Hoke's a beast. And he was not starting for Kentucky last year. Or two years ago, <laughs> whenever it was. So he was ineligible to play last year at Ohio State? I, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I mean, whenever he was at Kentucky, he was the backup. I, don't, I didn't do too much research on Gunnar Hoke. But <laughs> he played at Kentucky he didn't play. I mean, that's pretty bad for Justin Fields that he's not named the starter already. Justin Fields is the highest-rated fo- high school football recruit on 247 Sports, which is like a football recruiting page for people that don't know. They, they like, rank every recruit, like ESPN, whatever. But uh, he's the highest-rated recruit ever of all time. Higher than Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's higher than anyone. Any, name any player, he's higher than them. He's the number-one-rated recruit of all time. He's like a, got, like, a .99998 rating out of... 1.0 uh, and this guy who's a backup as a freshman which I don't know why he went to Georgia when they have Jake Fromm who's clearly he's I mean he's he's a winner obviously he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football he beat out Jacob Eason the former number one college recruit as a freshman to get the job and the guy just wins I don't know why he thought he had a chance of beating out Jake Fromm I don't think Kirby would make any promises to him that he's play, like he got no. he got a couple playing times it's, it's the decision to go to Ohio, uh, to go to Georgia made no sense to begin with and now that he transfers to Ohio State, he can't beat out Gunnar Hoke. That's that's pretty embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Ohio State, I think they're a mess. I don't think they're going to be getting good this year. J.K. Dolmans is not a very good running back. No, and, that guy is terrible. And he's going to be a workhorse this year. And yeah, he can't I don't break think a, that's going to end well. <laughs> he can't break a tackle to save his life. He's like 5'10 and tiny. Yeah, J.K. Dolmans is so overhyped. They're I like, oh, he's the next Zeke. If you put him on an aisle, he would be absolutely trash. <laughs> yeah, I agree. J.K. Dolmans is not good. I mean, all right, so this is Justin Fields. This is what Coach Ryan Day had to say about the QB battle. I thought after today I'd have a better feel. Nobody went out there and won the job for sure. <laughs> so, again, still a work in progress. Hopefully hopefully at this time next week somebody steps up and wins the job. That's, yeah, that's... That doesn't sound like the coach has very much confidence in his quarterbacks. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> when your options are Gunner Hoke and I, how do, I just don't understand how Field hasn't won this QB battle yet. This right. guy is supposed to be a generational talent, like once in a lifetime. <laughs> this guy can apparently can 
throw like one of the best pa- passing quarterbacks anyone's ever seen out of high school and one of the best running back cornerbacks the Ravens have ever seen out of high school. Yeah, right, this is also from the same article 274 uh, 274 247 sports. Quote unquote, with one false scrimmage in the books, Hoke reportedly outshined Fields from a production standpoint. Day said after the scrimmages there were a couple pick sixes, but didn't mention who made the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that was Fields. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Gunnar, Gunnar Hoke is a former three-star recruit out of high school, which, I mean, stars aren't everything. Those are kind of overrated. He was ranked 872 in the country. 872nd guy in the country in 2015. Coming to Kentucky, 40th best pro-style QB. Uh, he's an Ohio native, though. Don't think he played at all when he was at Kentucky. So he's an Ohio Navy native. He probably got rejected by Ohio State. Yes, he's a former Ohio State reject. I mean, he was the 40th ranked quarterback. They probably didn't even know who he was. <laughs> I, I don't think Urban ever even heard of this guy. And now uh, he's about to beat out Justin Fields, the most hyped recruit of all time. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's schedule, not, not the easiest compared to other years. They have Cincinnati at home, who finished 24th last year. They're, I think, the second best team in UCF's conference. <laughs> uh, at Indiana won't be easy. At Nebraska, everyone's saying Nebraska's gonna be good. Uh, we'll Nebraska. see. That'll yeah, be yeah. that'll be Nebraska's game of the year. It's the fifth game of the season. Home against Michigan State. At Northwestern on a Friday night. Northwestern tough place to play. And then the last two weeks of the season, home against Penn State at Michigan. I don't think Ohio State's going undefeated. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I don't. I think the Big Ten in general is gonna have a pretty down year. I'm. Not high on Ohio State, obviously. We just said that. Don't think they're going undefeated. Michigan, uh, Miley's favorite team in the country by far. I don't know about you. I hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. That is the passion. Uh, they lose their two best defensive players. Their two best players on the team. Three best defensive players. Yeah. They lose. Rashawn Gary carried that team. Winovich or whatever. And Devin Bush. And, yeah. The Steelers linebacker. The Steelers so drafted him. They lose their. Those are probably their three best players on the team. I think. I mean, I don't care much about their own line And they lost their starting running back, who, I mean, they basically just ran the guy up the middle 45 times a game because they don't know what a creative play call is. They they, they play offense like it's 1955. I heard they have a new offensive coordinator this year. I don't think that matters with Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is just like, he's a big system guy. He's an offensive coach, too, so I think he has a big influence on play calls. But hopefully, maybe their offensive coordinator will do something for them. If I was a Michigan fan, I'd be... If I was a Michigan fan, I would want Harbaugh fired by now. He's one and nine against top twenty-five teams. Yeah, but then where do you go after Harbaugh? There, literally, there's literally who's better than Harbaugh as a coach that Michigan can get. <laughs> no, but they have their best coach. They just have to win. <laughs> Urban. <laughs> hey, Urban's not going there. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tom Brady about to retire, maybe. I guess. I mean, <laughs> Michigan. Shea Patterson is literally. One of the most overrated college football players of my lifetime. Maybe the most. And it's not even close. This guy did nothing last year. He threw five yard outs against random Big Ten garbage teams like Minnesota. I don't even know if they played them. But he just played against mediocre teams, threw five yard outs, racked up like 200 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick with like 12 rushing yards. People are like, oh wow, Heisman candidate, Shea Patterson. Former, only because he was ranked high and he went to Ole Miss and had to transfer because their coach is a scumbag. This is, the Shea Patterson hype is ridiculous. This guy is not very good. No. He's not good. He does nothing. He's afraid to throw the ball downfield. He's afraid to throw the ball over the middle. He can't throw the ball downfield. 
he can't run. And, I mean, McCaffrey's brother, Dylan McCaffrey's a better quarterback than him. From what I saw, when they put Dylan McCaffrey in against ND, that's the only time their offense actually moved the ball downfield. Yeah, and they also have this receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones. That guy is uh, terrible. He's just a, he's just another Devin Funches, a big guy who can't run. He's terrible. I agree. He can't be your number one option out. They have no other receivers. Their offense is literally run the ball up the middle, run the ball up the middle, three yard out, incomplete, because Shea Patterson can't hit a wide receiver. Punt. Do that over and over and over again. Their team was literally carried by Rashawn Gary and Winovich coming off the edge. And, and last sacks. year, it was like the whole revenge tour thing. That eventually got killed Ohio State. So that revenge tour gave him home motivation. Yeah, no, they, and then it just got absolutely flattened against Ohio State. Yeah, and they the the worst part of the whole thing is for Michigan, they cannot win the big games at all if their lives dependent on it. Harbaugh can't beat ND. He can't beat Ohio State. He he just doesn't win the big games. Does he even beat Michigan? He beat Michigan State once when they yes, went like when they were terrible. Five they, beat seven. Him, they beat him last year, like 21. All right, looking at the schedule, home against Army, second week of the season. I mean, triple option. That could give them trouble maybe. You never know. At Wisconsin, and then two back-to-back weeks against at Penn State, home against Notre Dame. Then the last three weeks, consecutive weeks, home against Michigan State, at Indiana. It was a trap game before home against Ohio State. I can definitely see Michigan losing two out of those games, especially those tough games back-to-back. I think I, think to win both. I can see ND blowing them out. The only way to beat Ian Book is to get pressure on him. I, Ian Book was, unless you got pressure on him, Ian Book was shredded defense this last year. I'm not even the biggest Ian Book fan, but Ian Book is very good when there's no pressure on him. When he just has a clean pocket, that guy's he's a beast. And Michigan ain't rushing the passer this year. They, what do they? What does Michigan have? I think ND's gonna kill, uh, Michigan, and I think Penn State will beat them too. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, that Michigan going on the road, not tough to see them. That can probably be the whiteout game for Penn State too. Yeah, Penn State. Penn State's a tough place to play. All right. Um. Let's move on to ND, maybe. Yeah, let's talk some ND football. Yeah, I don't, I don't see ND. I think a good number for ND is like nine or ten wins this year. Main game is at Georgia. I don't, I don't see how Notre Dame is gonna win at Georgia. It's gonna be probably be a night game. SEC, big SEC school. Brian Kelly, nationally televised night game, prime time. Brian Kelly, I'm talking about Harbaugh having winning the big game. Brian Kelly doesn't really win the big game either. Last big game he won was at Oklahoma, Michigan, like 2013. Michigan, Michigan, last year. How was it at not a home? Big game? I mean, I could have coached him to win that game. That's just Whatever. they. I don't know. Brian Kelly at least comes close. Doesn't get blown out. I'm I'm not criticizing Brian Kelly. I think he's. I don't think Notre Dame can do much better than Brian Kelly. I'm just saying I don't trust Brian Kelly to go on the road and beat Georgia and Kirby Smart. That's just not gonna happen. And also, if you look at Georgia, they're a very inexperienced team. Uh, they lost a couple of guys on defense. They lost their whole wide receiving core. So I don't know who's catching the football for them. But still, I think they have the quarterback edge, they have the coaching edge, and they have home field edge. So I think Get the running back edge. Georgia's going to win that game. Also, Notre Dame's offense is pretty crap. No way. Andy's offense is going to be the best it's been a very long time this year. Which is not saying a whole heck of a lot. How is the offense bad? Offense has no speed. It, yeah. Well, just a little bit better version of Michigan. They, that, you have to be an explosive true. offense to win in college football. Andy actually throws the ball downfield. Not really. To who? Miles Boykin who can't run? Miles Boykin's gone. Michael Young's in now. Michael Young's starting at one. Yeah, and he's never he's barely played at all in his college career. Most guys, no. At some point or another, this the guy you put in has never played before in their college career. Okay, who's every running, single Heisman winner has not played before in their who's Heisman career? Who's running the ball? Tony Jones. That guy's Jafar slow. Armstrong. Jafar Armstrong is 
got wheels. There's your explosiveness right there. No, Jafar he's Armstrong. not that explosive. Didn't Tony Jones have like a 50-yard touchdown at the end of the year last year? <laughs> Tony, Jones, for... Tony Jones is a home run hitter. He's not a home run hitter. He's slow. Then why does he hit the home offense run? Is, and Cole Komet's out for like four to ten weeks with a broken he's shoulder. The, he's back for the Georgia game. Cole Komet's back for the Georgia game. That's what my, my uh, ND Twitter sources are telling me. All right, they lost everybody on defense. Last year... Julian Love goes down. There's no cornerbacks to replace okay. him. So how are any cornerbacks going to be any good We're this talk, year? We'll talk about the defense. Uh, Coney's gone. Tranquil's gone. Tillery's gone. Love's gone. Those four of your probably six best defenders. But O'Quarr's coming back still. Dalen Hayes is coming back still. Aloe Gilman's coming back. Uh, Troy Pratt's getting a lot of hype, a lot of praise from Brian Kelly. Dante Vaughn's even getting praise from Brian Kelly. But uh, Harrison... Harrison Griffith or whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. Forget yeah. but Safety last year. Converted him from corner to safety. He's a five former five-star recruit as of last... He was a five-star recruit last year. Played safety. More comfortable at corner, apparently. He's probably going to be starting opposite, I think. Uh, Troy Pride. Troy Pride's pretty good. He's just inconsistent. But, I mean, he was... He was Troy Pride stepped it up at the end of last year. I thought he was good. Uh, the big issue... The, the big issue at corner was Dante Vaughn, but... I mean, you learn from your mistakes. That's only going to make Dante Vaughn better. I, I don't. I guess I don't hate Dante Vaughn. He's also matched up against like a six four guy with four three wheels. Come on, that was terrible. That was bad coaching. What are you doing putting a slow corner in against a six three guy with wheels? That was dumb. But this guy Griffith's a freak athlete. Griffith can match up against guys like that. Houston Griffith is his name. Houston Griffith and uh, what's his name? Freshman Kyle Hamilton. He was the highest ranked incoming freshman this year. He's been lighting it up at camp. He's been the best player in Andy's camp, from what I've heard, what I've seen on Twitter. This guy had, he's had like, he gets like three picks of practice. He's going off. I mean, you could say you could say that it's uh, not looking good for the offense, but I think Kyle Hamilton's just a ball hawk. He's like 6'5", freak athlete at safety. He'll start opposite of Lowy Gilman, I'm guessing, the way he's playing. I think he should. Put the explosiveness out there. It's a rebuilding year. You're probably if you're ND, you're building for like the next four years because the recruiting recruiting classes that are coming in are night are really good. Uh, you have I mean your team's young. You have a lot of good depth, young depth. You have a lot of good. I don't know. This is a rebuilding year, but I don't think ND's gonna be bad. I think ND could put up a fight against Georgia. I think we could beat Georgia. If that's if your season is that game and that game alone, I think they have a better chance. When Georgia's focused ahead. Georgia's focus is the national championship. Andy's probably going to be focused no, on No, Georgia will be focused on Notre Dame. Georgia's not overlooking Notre Dame. It's going to be a night game at home. College game, they'll be there. They're not going to overlook them. Right. I'm just saying Notre Dame's offense is not very explosive. And in college football, to win a national championship, you need explosive offense. Ian Book's a decent quarterback, but he's just not great. Alabama used to win national championships without an explosive offense. Eddie Lacy, A.J. McCarron is not an explosive offense. Times have changed. All right, and this you got you got to beat Alabama by putting up points. You have to beat Clemson by beating putting up points. You have to beat, no, you got to beat them by beating them in the trenches and playing defense. We're not Oklahoma. This isn't the Big Twelve. This is ND football. ND football couldn't move the ball against Clemson last year. We moved the ball in the first. Well, it's because Ian and, Book got rattled. Brian, Ian Book was rattled in that game. Brian Kelly's a very overrated offensive coach. I agree. He's he, but he yeah, he's not a good play caller. But that's that's been kind of known for. I don't know. Moving on. Any other any other teams we should uh, touch on? Oh, I'm I'm gonna go with a big disappointment. I'm gonna say Auburn this year. I think they're gonna be terrible. Uh, I was looking it up. Their coach Gus Malzahn signed a big contract, like seven years, forty nine million, like two or three years ago. After, or it might have been two years ago after they made it to the uh, SEC championship game and lost to Georgia. 
There's rumors of him going to Arkansas and Auburn paid him. The president that gave him that contract is now, he's not at the campus anymore. And the board wants him fired. They wanted him fired last year, but the president <laughs> kept him. So now that that president's gone, they have a new president. So I don't think Auburn has very much time to get it, get themselves ready. I mean, they always have to play Georgia every year in that rivalry. Have to play Bama every year, LSU. So I think I think Auburn's going down this year, and I think uh, Gus Malzahn's going to get fired. That's my bowl prediction. I like that. That's a bowl prediction. My bowl prediction is going to be uh, UMass qualifies for a bowl game. I go to UMass, a little biased here, but uh, Walt Bell, new head coach, he's in his 30s, one of the youngest head coaches of college football, took a pay cut. He was Florida State's offensive coordinator last year. You can say whatever you want about Florida State. I don't think it was on him. I think the talent that he was given and the it was just awful. He was in a, he was in a bad situation, but whatever. He took a pay cut to leave FSU to come to UMass to be head coach, building a complete new culture. Big culture shift. UMass plays a very easy schedule because they're FBS independent is probably the worst team in college football the last few years are up there. Uh, so you play a lot of bad teams for UMass. All you got to do is win six games. There's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. I don't want to get into it too specific, but I'm, my prediction seven and 7-5 for UMass. I think Walt Bell and the boys are going to change the culture. Uh, yeah, I, I completely disagree. You don't think UMass, is gonna be, UMass football is going to make a bowl game? No. Who's replacing Andy Isabella? Who's catching the ball? Brandon football? Dingle. Brandon Dingle's the next up in the UMass wide receiver. So you think he can be a Belenikoff Award finalist? Yes. I think he can follow in the paths of Victor Cruz, Tajay Sharp, and Andy Isabella and be the next great UMass wide receiver. They don't call us wide receiver university for nothing. Wide receiver U, UMass. You guys don't even have a home stadium. Yeah, we do. McGurk Which, Alumni Stadium. And then what the hell is Gillette for? You still playing at Gillette? No, haven't played at Gillette in two years. I don't know. I don't see it happening. Big big tilt against BYU late in the year, too. It's always a big game. Let's always a great start game. Start by beating Rutgers week one, and then I'll get on the bandwagon. UMass football is going 7-5 and five this year. Bowl I'm, go- prediction. I'm going back to Auburn. I'm actually going to say that they don't make a bowl game. Uh, Oregon, neutral field. They play at A&M, at Florida, at LSU, home against Georgia, home against Bama. So there are six losses right there. They quit on the season and lose somewhere else. I think George- Auburn's not going to make a bowl game. All right, I like that bold prediction. Also, I want to uh, a few episodes ago. I was, cra- I was talking trash to Washington when the original initial rankings came out. Forgot they picked up Jacob Eason, uh, transfer QB. That guy's pretty good. He's got SEC experience, and now he's playing the Pac-12. Where, like I said, nobody really cares. So I, I mean, I think he's gonna be better than he was in the SEC. And he was, he wasn't bad in the SEC. Threw sixteen touchdowns, eight picks before he got replaced by Fromm. And uh, getting replaced by a guy like Fromm is there's no shame in that. Fromm's a beast. So yeah, I I like I actually like Washington to win the Pac-12 this year, but I still don't think they're gonna make the playoff. I think they're still gonna get go like they're gonna lose like three games or something. But I'll take Washington to win the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time for uh, Washington State to finally beat Washington. Coach Leach, high-powered offense. They gotta get it going. They gotta beat them all Co- time. Yeah. All right. Maybe. I like I like Coach Leach. Coach Leach is electric. Coach Leach is electric. He's good stuff. He needs to get a better job somewhere. I know he does. Why is he still at Washington State? I don't know. Hey, that's who Michigan can hire when they fire Harbaugh. Yeah, maybe. All right. Now let's get to the guests. Uh, no. no not no, the guests. No. We have to make Heisman Trophy predictions. Oh, you're right. You're right. All right. Who You, you go first. Um, I'm going a little bit off the radar. I don't want to pick Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't know. That guy, maybe. Uh, the favorites don't win too often. It's, yeah. I'm picking I mean, the favorites. He's not going to really have any that many Heisman moments. I mean. No one's going to remember his game-winning drive against Texas A&M in the start of the third quarter I agree. in Week 2. That's a good call. So I'm going to go with uh, my boy DeAndre Swift, running back, Georgia. 
this kid is one of the best running backs that I've ever seen in college. I think he's electric. I don't know who on Notre Dame is going to tackle this guy. So I think he could go for 200, two or three TDs, maybe <laughs> one in pat, uh, catching touchdown, receiving touchdown as well. This kid's electric. I think he's going to – this guy's got everything. He's got speed. He's got – he can break tackles. He's like – he's way better than J.K. Dobbins, who we just talked about. <laughs> he's just like a better version of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, last year he was behind who? Holyfield. Holyfield. So now he's got he's the lead back. I think he's going to go off this year. He had a thousand yards. And if he if, if they beat year. Alabama this year in the SEC championship game, which they Georgia always chokes, so I don't see them doing it. But if they do, I think uh, DeAndre Swift. What I don't even know if I said DeAndre Swift is his name the first time. I don't know, miss said his name, but DeAndre Swift he's going to win the Heisman. Don Ellinger. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Lawrence and. Lawrence and Ellinger on the stage with DeAndre Swift. All right, I like it. My picks, I kind of, I'm like, I haven't been a completely 100% on anyone yet, but, I mean, I want to say, I feel like two is going to win it. I just feel like he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Freshman running back Trey Sanders just lost for the season for Alabama and got hurt in camp. Uh, and so Najee Harris is like their workhorse back now, and I'm not high on Najee Harris. Not a big fan of his game. He's a former number one overall recruit. I don't really know how. It's just because he's big. But he, I don't know. I just don't think, I haven't seen it from Najee Harris. So I think the LA is going to be throwing a ton. So I think Tua is going to put up ridiculous numbers and Bama's probably going to go undefeated. But I don't want to pick Tua because I don't like Alabama. That's way too easy. So I got, it's very, I mean, I kind of want to say Felipe Franks, but I, he's not going to win it. So I got two picks here. One is Travis Etienne, running back of Clemson. I mean, that's not the most exciting pick, but he's, he's got a pretty low wall. He's kind of a long shot, mostly because he's playing with Lawrence, so it's going to be hard for him to overshadow him. But Etienne, he's a home run hitter, true definition. He's probably the fastest player in college football, maybe. I'd say he's, he's at least one of them. That guy has wheels. And yeah, I, I think, think I think DeAndre Swift is a better, better running back than him. I'm not debating that, but I think Travis Etienne's in a better situation. I think he's better. I think if you're, want, if you're looking for a Heisman candidate, this guy's going to have... This guy's probably going to break four long runs a game as a true workhorse. Because he hasn't been given the full load of the carries like Swift either. He's the same situation where they didn't get playing time as a freshman. Or Swift might have been a freshman. I don't know. But he split time. They both split time last year. But ETN, this guy is going to probably... I honestly think he's going to break three long, three or four long runs a game. That's what he does every single playoff game that he's been in. Uh, and he's a big play machine. And that's what circulates on Twitter. That's what gets people buzzing. That's what people... They know the name. Leonard Fournette... Remember when his Heisman candidacy, way back, a few years ago, the first like eight weeks of the season, he was, people thought he was a virtual lock to win Heisman because he'd break three long runs a game that were ridiculous. Yeah. I think ETN has the potential to do that, beat up on some bad teams in the ACC, put up video game numbers, and I think Lawrence is a chance that he doesn't finish a lot of the games, and I feel like they're not going to be thrown in the second half, so I don't think Lawrence is going to put up ridiculous numbers. I think ETN has a chance of winning Heisman and undefeated uh, Clemson team. And then my long shot pick, way long shot, I'm going with my boy LaMichael Pirine, Florida <laughs> running back. If Florida goes undefeated, I think LaMichael Pirine is going to be the best player on that offense, so I think he'll just have a can to see just because of that. I don't know what kind of numbers he's going to put up, but 900-something yards as a backup. He had close to ETN and Swift numbers when they were backups last year. People are sleeping on Pirine. He's an SEC player. That's what he is. He's smash mouth. Cousins with Samaj Pirine, Redskins legend. 
Yeah. Uh, back to DeAndre Swift. He's got home run, home run ability. He was injured last year a little bit throughout the season, dealing with groin injuries. I guess he missed practice today, so hopefully he stays healthy for my prediction. But if he's not healthy, then his whole game changes because he's just an, he's an electric player. He needs to have his full body healthy. He's not gonna be able to like cut as quickly and stuff. So he's not he's not a very good player playing through the pain. So missed practice today. We'll see uh, if that's a long term injury or. That's gonna linger throughout the season. If he's got lingering injuries, he's got no chance. He's gotta be fully healthy to uh to take home the Heisman. I think. All right, ETM versus Swift. We'll see what happens. Probably gonna be Jalen Hurts because Oklahoma QBs won Heisman every year now. But well, oh, uh, quickly on Oklahoma, uh, Lincoln Riley hasn't named them a starter yet. They do have that nasty freshman. Yeah, so I don't know Rattler. what that's about. I guess Rattler. He's a good, good player. Yeah, Oklahoma's defense is pretty bad. They'll probably lose a road game somewhere. Probably. The QBs aren't going to put up ridiculous numbers, though. But, yeah, I don't know. Heisman's also impossible to predict. Someone always wins it out of nowhere every year, it feels like. I mean, like, Murray and Baker are, like, more predictable than other guys in the past, but, like, Lamar Jackson came out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Guys come out of nowhere all the time with the Heisman, so we'll see. Never know what will happen. But, yeah. Now on to the second, the uh, interviews, the guests. Yes. All right, let's do it. And we welcome our first guest to this college football podcast, uh, Daniel Kern from Chicago, big Notre Dame fan, joins us today. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. All right. Uh, what do you think about the Irish this season? What are their expectations, and how many wins do you think they'll win this year? Um, I think 10 wins is is the mark that I'm setting. I think they'll go 10-2. and two. I think the schedule is ridiculously tough. At Georgia and at Michigan are going to be – I mean, they're going to be – they're already 11.5-point underdogs at Georgia, and they're going to be – Eight point underdogs against Michigan, and then Stanford on the road is going to be tough. But I mean, I think the team is loaded. I think the team is better than last year, but I don't think the I don't think the schedule is. I think at Georgia, I think they're going to play well, but I don't think they'll win. And then I think they'll lose to one of Michigan. We're not losing to Michigan. Stanford, maybe Virginia at home, Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't know. I could see a slip up there, but. Offensively, they're loaded. It's going to be – I think it's the best best offense of the Brian Kelly era. Uh, Ian Book is going to – I think he's, this year he's going to have the best individual season of any Brian Kelly quarterback. Uh, Jafar Armstrong running back, I think he's a beast. Uh, the wide receiver core, um, Claypool's a stud. Um, Michael Young's a beast. Chris Fink, so they got that core three. And then Kevin Austin. From everything that I've been hearing, he's the most talented receiver on the team, but he's going to be suspended for the first four games. The same thing as Dexter Williams last year, the silent suspension for comeback in October, as Notre Dame has every year. And um, the offensive line, they have three starters or th- three starters coming back, plus uh, Aaron Banks, who played a ton last year. So it's basically they got three or four players that are returning from last year. Jared Patterson in center. Uh, I think he's an upgrade from Sam Mustafer. I think Sam Mustafer was terrible. And then defensively, I think the D-line, the defensive ends, they have three or four defensive ends that would be the best defensive end on the majority of power five, of any Power 5 team. Um, Julian Aquara could be a first-round pick. Khalid Kareem, Dalen Hayes, and Ada Um The linebackers are the weakness of the team. Very worried about the linebackers. Um, the secondary, I think he's going to be very solid. I think Troy pride is really good. The safeties, Jalen Elliott and Alohi Gilman, both named captains coming back. Um, 
And then the, the other corners, I think Houston Griffith is shaky. I'm not really sold on him. But Sean Crawford coming back from an ACL, he's going to play. He's going to start at nickel, hopefully for Louisville on September 2nd. Um, but I've got confidence in the team. I think they have more talent than they do last year. But I just think the schedule this year is, is it's a lot to ask for them to go on the road at Georgia and Michigan. But I could see them winning either of those games. But they're going to have to play great. Georgia's, Georgia's one of the three best teams in the country. It's at night on the road. The crowd's going to be the loudest crowd Ian Book will ever play against. I mean, it's going to be really tough. But Georgia lost a lot from last year. So I could see Notre Dame going in there and pulling it off. Daniel, I was uh, very critical of Notre Dame's offense last year. I didn't think it was very explosive. What makes you think that they're going to be the best offense of Brian Kelly's era? Um, well, I think Ian Book is going to be significantly better than he was last year. I think he couldn't throw the ball downfield last year. He didn't have the confidence. But from everything that I've been reading, that's improved significantly. And I know a lot of people wanted Jerkovic to start this year, but he, from everything I've heard, is, has not had the best. Uh, he did not have a good spring. But I think he's making strides so far in uh, early fall camp. But uh, and then I think the speed they have, like, honestly, Notre Dame didn't have any speed. Miles Boykin was the slowest receiver in college football, and now you put in Michael Young and Kevin Austin, who are going to play a ton now, who are have you know insane speed. Braden Lindsay, the freshman last year who didn't play, has a 4-4, 4-3-40-yard dash. Ran track in high school. Um, and I think Jafar Armstrong is really explosive. I really like their I think he's going to play a lot. Um, and I just think the offensive line is Garrett Patterson is a significant upgrade from Sam Mustafer. And I just think last year they learned from the Clemson game the play calling was too conservative. That works against Boston College and Northwestern. But if you want to beat a team with elite speed, you got to be able to you got you got to have some playmakers that can stretch the field. And I think they got that this year. And uh, Jerkovic, I, I just want to add in here, uh, Jerkovic had a bad spring, but apparently Brian Kelly was trying to tweak his throwing motion. Didn't go well at all. He wasn't comfortable. Told him to go back to his old throwing motion from high school, and apparently his, his deep ball has been money and. Uh, training camp so far from what I've heard yeah I I think I don't know I'm 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 comfortable with him once book leaves but right now I think I'm very I think I, I've got Ian Book is a captain I like that mojo oh I yeah just, I agree I agree I don't think Phil Jerkovich is challenging for the starting job anytime this yeah, year this year I think book's gonna have a big year I think he's I think he's one of the I think he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country like I think he's I think he's a top 10 QB and not many Heisman sleeper like Heisman sleeper? He got. He's got. Heisman sleeper? I don't know. I don't think it noted. I don't know. I don't think. I, mean, I think when we drop fifty on Michigan, that that's a Heisman moment. So it could I happen. don't know. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. I could. I could see him being in. The end of the year, he'll be a finalist. But I could definitely see. I mean, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and. uh I think he's got, as a captain, I think I've heard his leadership has improved significantly from last year. Um, I think he's going to make, I think he's going to have ginormous strides from last year. I think it's going to be a whole, and I really liked him last year. And I think, I think last year he was more of a game manager. Don't lose the game this year. I think they're going to be, he's, I, I want them throwing the ball downfield. I want them calling plays. I want 
deep passes to Claypool and all their fast receivers. And I think Jafar Armstrong catching the ball out of the backfield is a beast. If he can stay healthy, that's what I'm worried about. The running backs, because they lost Dexter Williams, they don't have that much depth in considering uh, Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones both have had injury problems in the past. If either of them go down, they're, they uh, they're going to need one of the younger freshmen or sophomores to step up. All right, Daniel, uh, give me uh, four teams you think are going to make the playoff this year. I think uh, Alabama, Clemson, um, so obviously those being the top two teams. State will get in, and then I know this is a really bold prediction, and uh, I don't know, uh, I'm not going to 100% commit to it now, but I like to have a uh, kind of a sleeper team, and I'm going to go with the Texas Longhorns as number four. I, I had Texas in mind as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Alabama getting embarrassed last year in the national championship. I say that is my number one team. I'm very confident they'll be in the playoff. I think Clemson's schedule is too easy for them to see them slipping up. I think Ohio State with everybody talking about Michigan in the Big Ten, and uh, – I, I think that's going to make Ohio State mad. I think everybody's saying since Urban Meyer's gone and since Michigan's now supposed to be this great team, I think everyone's going to be sleeping on Ohio State, and I think they're going to get in out of the Big Ten for the first time since uh, they got murdered by Clemson a couple of years ago. And then I think Texas, I think they're going to beat LSU at home early in the year. That's going to be a big win. And then I, I just see them coming out of the Big 12. I don't really like Oklahoma because I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. So uh, – They've been kind of a mainstay in the playoff the past couple of years, so I don't see them making it. I think Texas is going to take their spot. OSU doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, yeah, but they got it with everything else. I mean, Justin Fields is pretty good. I mean, he was the number one quarterback in his in his recruiting class. Yeah, Justin Fields has, hasn't beat out Gunnar Hoke, a former three-star from Kentucky, <laughs> who couldn't get the starting job at Kentucky. Justin Fields doesn't beat him out yet. I don't Gunner know. I, playing I, I don't like sleeping on Ohio State. Because especially everybody's all in love with Michigan this year. Um, well, yeah, everyone's th- always in love with Michigan. They're awful. I think this Bad year choice. Ohio State goes on the road, beats Michigan in the big house. I think Michigan um, does not meet expectations yet again. I see Michigan going 9-3, and 10-2. All right, Daniel. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll have you on again soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, we're here with a special guest, Jackson Kelly now. Resident what's up, guys? What's so, uh, Michigan football and Vanderbilt football expert here to talk some Michigan and some Vandy football. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Me and PJ, big Michigan haters, as a lot of people know at this point. Jackson, big Michigan fan. Uh, so, let's start off. Shea Patterson, franchise quarterback. How you feeling? I think this is the year he takes a big step forward under the new coordinator. I think you got Josh Gaddis's new spread offense. I think that, uh, that's really where he thrives. I think it's it's time for Shea Patterson to become the premier quarterback in the Big Ten. I think that, uh, you know, I think that these other teams, I don't think that they're ready for it. I think when you look at the Big Ten as a whole, you just don't see anyone else who really can, can compete with Michigan and who's going to dethrone them as the Big Ten champions this year. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you there on Shea Patterson. Um, I might be the biggest Shea Patterson hater maybe on the planet. Uh, this guy, he's afraid to throw downfield, afraid to take hits in the pocket. He, he really can't complete a pass other than a five-yard out, I've noticed. At least one, the games I watched, just didn't see any downfield ability. Didn't see 
Didn't see any willingness to throw on field. He could probably complete downfield passes. Just didn't see any willingness to throw it on there. Pretty looked scared to throw over the middle most of the time, and uh, kind of just beat up on a lot of bad teams to get his like good stats. Um, but I mean, if you look at his numbers against like ND and Florida in the bowl game, pretty brutal. Turnovers, took a lot of sacks, uh, a lot of a lot of just three yard outs that just resulted in nothing. Couldn't move the ball downfield. And, I mean, a lot of people are saying Shea Patterson is going to take a big step forward last year, too. And then when he was at Ole Miss, they like, oh, next year's the year and before he transferred. And I don't know. I just don't see it in Shea Patterson. I'm not a believer. What do you feel? I mean, like? Yeah, I'm hey. not a either. I mean, he only played 10 games at Ole Miss, too. So, why do people think he's even that good? He only played 10 games there. So I really good in years. high school, like, five years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, not eight yards per attempt. Dwayne Haskins was, like, 10 yards per attempt last I mean, year. I mean, I think all you got to do is look at what he did against Penn State this year. I mean, he dominated that game. I mean, Michigan, they just ran through Penn State. They ran through a lot of teams. <laughs> that was, I, I give uh, Higdon the credit for that one and the defense. That, Michigan had a very good defense last year, which we'll get into in a second. I, I, I don't think Patterson – I just really don't think Patterson was in, like a, a game changer last year. He did – he was a good game manager against teams like Maryland, Uh Michigan State, who was not very good last year. Rutgers, he played very well against. I think they might have gone on 12. So he's, he's a good game manager in these mediocre Big Ten games that, like, the, I mean, he might put up big numbers against teams like UMass and Nebraska. But uh, I don't know. I need to see him do it on the big stage. Hasn't he yet to do it on the big stage? He also hasn't had this uh, offensive coordinator. I think you're overlooking the impact that Shea Magic this year. I think that. <laughs> I can expect him to come out strong, and I think that uh, Shane Magic is going to be in full effect. And I think Michigan is a is a top top five team in the country this year. And I mean, you look at their schedule. I mean, the only tough game they really got is Ohio State this year, and that's at home. What, they got a, they got a cupcake matchup at home against Notre Dame. That should be an easy victory for Shane Magic and the boys. I mean, you really just don't see a lot of games that they're going to lose on the schedule. Isn't it going to take a while for him to get used to the offensive corner? It's the same system. It's the same same, same system that he ran at Ole Miss, though. I think that's what you're neglecting when he was a star yeah, quarterback at Ole Miss. Player, all the Michigan players were playing at Ole Miss, though. All these Michigan guys are going from ancient fo- fo- 19th century football to the spread offense. Exactly. Take, exactly. I, I, exactly. That's, that's going to take a while for them to adjust. Honestly, I don't. I don't know if the Michigan offense can be run any worse than it was last year so I think they will be a slightly better this year the offense but at the same time this offensive coordinator his biggest his career like his biggest his claim to fame is that he uh coached Jerry Judy last year but I think I could have coached Jerry Judy to the uh Blitnikoff last year that guy's probably the best receiver prospects we've seen since who I don't know Julio Jones Calvin Johnson this guy the guy's a freak so I'm not giving him too much credit for that he was a co-offensive coordinator for Alabama last year which I don't even know what that means I don't even know if he was calling plays or what. So, I, I, don't, I think there's a, you can only go up from here if you're the Michigan offense. So, I do think there'll be an upgrade. But we'll see how big of an upgrade it is. I, I don't know if this guy can make Shea Patterson to the franchise QB people think he is. I think this is – Also, think, Michigan plays a running, a running back too. They do. They do. But they got a star star receiver in, in Donovan Peoples-Jones. People forget about him. They sleep on him. But that, I think when you just look at the team as a whole, in the Big Ten as a whole, you know, Urban Meyer, gone. You know, this is the year that Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I. 
I do agree that uh, Big Ten's pretty trash this year. The, the lack of competition is. The, I I I don't I think Ohio State's going to fall, take a huge step backwards without Urban and uh, Fields at quarterback, which they named today. R.I.P. Gunner Hope for Heisman. Um, and I, I I don't see anyone else challenging them for the Big Ten title, but I don't think Michigan's. I, I still think Michigan will be an overrated team, even if they win the Big Ten. I don't think they're doing anything in the college football playoff if they make it, which they might not because I mean I don't see them getting past ND middle of the season. But uh, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. All right, let's do it. I mean, obviously they lost uh, the defensive coordinator there, you know. I mean, they did, they lost. Not only did they lose their defensive coordinator, they lost their best defensive player in Sean Gary. Chase Winovich. Well, it's second best defensive player in Chase Winovich. Devin Bush. And the third best defensive player in Devin Bush. And people are thinking this this defense is going to take a step forward or something. Because last year, I didn't even know what they ended the season ranked. They they got blown out by Florida. My boys, Florida and Ohio State. And they got killed by ND. They didn't get killed by ND, but the score was a lot closer than the game was. They got some garbage time points. This defense couldn't hold up against in the big games. And then they just lost their three best players. I don't know how anyone expects them to be a top 10 offense or a top 10 football team this year when that defense is just, this defense might be bad this year. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you're, uh, that you're wrong there that the defense is going to take a step back, but I think that as a whole, the team's going to move forward. And I think that's what's important. I think that they definitely have a lot of key pieces to replace on that side of the ball. But, you know, as a whole, I think that when they, when they finally get going, I think it's going to be pretty exciting to see. I think that uh, you know they got they got guys back. They got Levert Hill, you know. You got uh, Josh, yeah. you know. That's big. You, you always need good corners. So right. I mean, I think that they haven't lost everyone. You know, you got a five star and Daxton Hill coming in. I think that that's going to be an exciting one. I think that there's a lot of competition on that side of the ball. And there's a lot of players and too. A lot you know, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it might take some time for them to figure it out, but. You start the season with uh with MTSU and Army, you're you're able to figure that out. So I think that's what they got going for them before they actually get into Big Ten play. They'll have a have a chance to sort some some flaws out before they can really get going. And you know they lost the opening weekend to Notre Dame last year, but I think if that had been at the end of the year, it would have been a very different story. So um, I think that that, more like the, maybe a bigger blowout. Uh, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that Michigan starts to find their stride towards the middle of the season. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think there's a lot to look forward to in, in, in Ann Arbor this year. I want to go back to a Donovan Peoples-Jones. Last year, 13 games, 47 catches, 612 yards. So that's three catches a game at 48 yards a game. Why do we think this guy's any good? <laughs> He's a stud. I mean, if you haven't watched this guy play. 600 yards last year. Yep. Have you not seen the plays that this guy makes? I mean, he is really a special talent. Look at the 79-yard touchdown he had against Michigan State last year. I, I mean, I this guy I, this guy is I a beast. Could be good. I just don't think Patterson can get him the ball where he needs to get him the ball. See, I think Patterson's the issue there. See, I, that's think, a whole nother I think that this new, this new system is going to allow him to thrive. I think that that's what you're missing here. All right, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, and a uh, final big question for uh, – on the Michigan side, we'll move on to Vanderbilt in a second, but – uh, can you beat Ohio State finally? Can, can Will Harbaugh have a, a chance against Ohio State? Harbaugh will beat Ohio State. I think Urban Meyer was, but I think that he can and will beat. Say, all right, Ohio Harbaugh State. loses to Ohio State and ND again. Is Harbaugh gone? 
Harbaugh's gone. You think Harbaugh's gone if he can't beat Ohio State in a day? I agree. I think I think, I think I think if he has one more loss in there, I think that if he goes ten and two, I think he can survive. But I think if you go nine and three with losses to those two teams, yeah. I, I don't I don't see a way that he comes back with such a rabid, uh, invested and demanding fan base in Ann Arbor. I agree. If I was a Michigan fan, I would want to. I wouldn't want him gone if he lost to Ohio State again or yeah, Andy again. I, I disagree. Who are you going to find as a better football coach than Jim Harbaugh? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but he's he beat Ohio State. If yeah, he's but he's had good recruiting. You have to beat Ohio State. If you can find something, find hire, hire a Georgia coordinator or something. They'll, they'll figure it out. Agreed. All right, moving Speaking on. Speaking of Georgia, you know, I think that uh, Georgia's opening. Opening weekend matchup could be a tough one for them. You know, they come in to Dudley Field at Vanderbilt Stadium. I think <laughs> that the dogs have to be shaking when you look at the Vanderbilt team this year. Give us give us some info on Vanderbilt football. Give it who's who's your quarterback? We know nothing about Vanderbilt football. Got a pretty stud um offense returning. So they, they lost their quarterback, who was Kyle Shermer, which is uh Pat Shermer's son. So that's obviously a big blow, but they returned three key skill players. And uh, Jared Pinkney, the tight end, you got Kalijah Lipscomb, the wide receiver, and you got Keyshawn Vaughn at running back. And all three of those guys are all SEC caliber players. Keyshawn Vaughn legitimately could be the best running back in the entire country. He is a Purdue transfer who uh, played his, his first uh, – He's played his or a Big Ten transfer. He played his first year at Vanderbilt last year and uh, set a bowl record with over 200 yards rushing in the bowl game. Wow. So he's feeling good. Jared Pigney was probably a first or second rounder last year, and you know they got him back. And then Kalijah Lipscomb was one of the best uh, wide receivers in college football. So the playmakers are there. There's uh, still a battle going on at quarterback. So it'll be uh, that's going to be the big question for Vanderbilt this. Uh, this year, especially when you jump right into Georgia on uh, August 31st. That's not a lot of time to uh, figure it out. So, yeah, they're going to have to have to figure it out. So, they got Riley Neal. They got the the uh, Ball State transfer. So, we're, uh, we're going to have to see what happens. I like it. I like – Vanderbilt's got a pretty good – pretty tough schedule. You got Vandy. Vandy versus Georgia week one. Vandy versus LSU. Both at home. And I uh, played on the road late in the season. That's my national championship pick right there. So uh, plenty, of, plenty of potential for big upsets. Make some noise this season. Maybe this year's Kentucky in the SEC. Like a big run out of nowhere. We'll see. We'll see I mean, right. I mean, I mean, if you look at the schedule right here, I mean, they beat Tennessee the last three years, which is you know it's their Michigan Ohio State game. So that's been exciting to see. But yeah, I mean, the first uh, two of the first three games are against top top 10 teams at home. So uh, Vanderbilt certainly can make a statement here. And, you know, they got the, the three seniors coming back that uh, most people didn't think had a chance to get there. So um, I, I think it's pretty exciting. I think that there's a, a lot of weapons. But, you know, again, you go back, you lose your star star cornerback, went to the Patriots in the second round. It's going to be an absolute star for them. So, you know, there's definitely – uh a big hole to replace on the defensive side of the ball, but we'll see what happens. Uh, who is that Purdue running back again? Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn has a, a revenge game, week two at Purdue. 
It is. He might have been an Illinois transfer. Not not a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, Illinois transfer. Yes, he does know the Big Ten. So yeah, he'll, I'm sure he's excited to get back to you know the old stomping grounds. But you know he had an unbelievable year last year. He had the second most rushing yards in Vanderbilt history. He finished second among in the SEC. When you see how many great players there were, and then the last game of the year against Baylor, 243 yards rushing on 13 carries. I mean, you don't see that kind of production. That's that's, that's elite. I'll give you that. It's very elite. They also played a very close game against Notre Dame last year too. They, they did. did. They, I know they were the NDs' toughest opponents last year. They better, did. Than, they better fight the Michigan. They they really did, and you know, I mean, that was a tough game for Vanderbilt on the road, and they really just went downhill after that. But um, I think that they really just didn't have strong enough quarterback play. So if they can figure out the quarterback this year, they're really going to be a force to be reckoned with in the uh, SEC. But obviously, it's the most important position on the field, and. You never know when you have a transfer coming in. So it'll be exciting to see week one what uh, Riley Neal has in store. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun year. Definitely a lot more to look forward to than uh, if they had lost their, their top guys. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Ball State magic is in the air. And, uh, you know, hopefully Vanderbilt <laughs> shows out for, for game one. But, you know, Riley Neal definitely, uh, definitely didn't have a great year last year. But. We'll see. You know, he had he did have 400 yards passing against Kent State, so it's definitely something to be said, said there. All right, anchor down. I like the pick. So, uh, last but not least, any uh, wait, wait, who are your uh, four playoff teams this year? No order. Just what four teams are you taking to make the college football playoff this season? So, I mean, I think you got to start at the top, right? I mean, got to look at Clemson. They're just Trevor Lawrence is best quarterback in the country. And I don't think it's particularly close there. And uh, I think that they're going to be unbelievable this year. The the wide receivers that they got, you know, he had the, the true freshman last year and Justin Green, I think. Just an absolute stud. And they're just going to keep getting better. So uh, Clemson, definitely the best team in the country. And then you can't leave out Bama. You got to have the SEC in there. And uh you know, I, I, as much as I would like to say Vanderbilt's going to beat Georgia, I do think Georgia <laughs> sneaks, sneaks by them. And, uh, you know, if they can run undefeated or, uh, or just uh, and only lose to Bama in the SEC championship game, it's going to be tough to leave them out. But, you know, the committee doesn't like doing that. And then you got Jalen Hurts. I mean, how can you not love Jalen Hurts? I think that guy is an absolute stud. I think he uh, – he wants revenge. So I'm actually going to go Clemson 1, Bama 2, Oklahoma 3. So we get Jalen Hurts versus Alabama in the college football playoff. And then 4, I think, I think it's Michigan. I think it has to be. I think I think they run through the Big Ten. And, you know, there's no Pac-12 team getting in. So as much as I hate to say it, I think Georgia is the odd man out there. So we're going Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Michigan. So there's your, there's your 4. I like it. I like it. All right. What do you got? Who you, who you got for Heisman? Jalen Hurts? Tre- Trevor Lawrence for Heisman. I mean, I, I think if he's healthy for the whole year in that offense and the teams that they're playing, they're just going to run through them. You know, you look at the Clemson schedule, and, I mean, they have one tough game against A&M at home you know, on the second week of the year. I mean, outside of that, they got Georgia Tech, like Syracuse. Like, a, come on. Yeah. Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Florida State yeah. stinks. BC, BC is unbelievably bad. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it's a pretty laughable schedule when you look at it. I think that 
anyone would be shocked if they didn't go at, at least 11 and 1, you know, with the only hiccup possibly to A&M. But it'll be a fun year. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. Hope hope we have you on. Hopefully, we can have you on again. To talk some Michigan and Vanderbilt later in the season. If uh, talk about- if Michigan, if Vanderbilt wins Week One, I will be on the podcast to discuss the upset. Yeah, over Georgia. Yes, well, yeah. You, you'll be the first guy we call. And when ND when ND blows on Michigan, we might, we'll do a ND Michigan preview later in the season too. You'll be back on. Sounds good, guys. We'll see you on. soon. See you soon. And we welcome our next guest onto the pod, uh, Owen Kelly, our Red Sox and University of Georgia football insider. Owen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready for some black and red Georgia football. <laughs> Owen, uh, Owen uh, Georgia lost their last two games this season last year against Alabama in an SEC championship game and then Texas in the Sugar Bowl. What are the expectations for the dogs this year? Uh, to be completely honest, I expect another game against Alabama, whether it's for the SEC championship or another quirky situation like two years ago in the playoffs. I expect this team to be right back where they were, even though at wide receiver they're very decimated. Their schedule is very easy being in the very weak SEC East. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the wide receivers. I mean there is nobody to throw the football to for Jake Fromm. Who who's coming up? Is there any, so anybody any good? There are some freshmen coming up, uh Dominic Blaylock and George Pickens who apparently has stood out at camp. Uh Tyler Simmons, the most senior receiver with, I might add, under 200 career receiving yards. <laughs> so he's falling in love with him every day. And they also got a huge body transferring from Miami, Lawrence Cager, who I think could make some real noise, give Jake Fromm a red zone target, which it seems like he's never had. He's always It's always been tough finishing in the red zone through the air because they've always had these big runners, which they still have. All right, so Owen, uh, Georgia, some big games on the schedule coming up this year. Uh, we start off the season – Start off the season on the road against Vandy, which our Vandy expert will be coming on the podcast later. Uh, he'll be on in a couple, in like 10, 15 minutes in the pod. So uh, Vandy, very slept on team. Good SEC football down in Vanderbilt. Then you also go into Florida, neutral site game, Jacksonville. Uh, you face the Fighting Irish at home, big game. ND, last time they played it was a close game. Close win for Georgia. And uh, Auburn on the road. So uh, how are you feeling about these big games? I will say the one one game that always gives me angst is Auburn, especially on the road. No matter how good or bad they are, they always seem to give us a fight. Florida doesn't usually give us too much trouble, even though it is a neutral site game and the Florida fans do show up. We seem to have their number. Florida's- Notre Dame will also will be interesting because of the crowd that we were able to bring to Notre Dame. And if you add playing at home, you can assume that will... Not double, but it will get awfully loud. And uh, we beat the teams that we should beat, so I don't see a problem with Vanderbilt. Yeah, when was the last time Georgia won at Auburn? I remember one year it was like that fluke Hail Mary Well, throw. yes, that was... And then when you guys were number one in the nation, you, we got, lost. you lost. We got blown out. We got blown out. The 4th and 18, or yeah. the tip pass, that haunts me. One of the guys ended up getting kicked off the team and arrested. <laughs> so, yeah, that tells you all you need to know about that. Uh, what do you think? Before... Before Kirby Smart, uh, Mark Richt was a mess. Auburn's <laughs> not very good this year, though. They lost their quarterback. Stayed on to the pass, yeah. Pa- Patriots preseason um, it's just, already. It's just the team. It's just it's Auburn. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel you. Do you think they'll be able to close up out one of these big games if they're in the lead in the SEC championship game? 
that's I mean that's it's gonna be tough I mean we, we never we always we're able to get the lead we're able to play super well for the first three quarters and then it's the Saban or just Kirby Smart's life experience or whatever it is we just collapse it's almost like every team that plays against the Patriots in the Super Bowl it's almost <laughs> like feeling the opposite side of it yeah alright here's the scenario Georgia undefeated in the regular season SEC championship game against Alabama Georgia going into the, going into the fourth quarter has the lead they blow it game over Tua nasty comeback Alabama wins again do they fire Kirby Smart no no. No. Kirby Smart chance. after choking to Nick Saban. For no, he's turn, he, no, because they he's turned this program before. around. He turned the, we were always 7-5, and 8-4, and four, whatever the math is, what, 12 games. We've always been there, but not up. We've never been in the but you're still, top. But if and you Kirby lose to Alabama is, again, you're still not Yeah, but who's, there. But who's beating Alabama other than Dabo? Nobody. I, th- well, I, I, I think this is... To do it. And, also, <sighs> and Georgia's shown that they can... Outplay Alabama for three and a half quarters. That's also down to Kirby. What other coaches? And, and four quarters. Because he got overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. What coach is Georgia going to find that's better than Kirby Smart? Nobody that can bring in the talent know. that Kirby can. We've, we're bringing in five stars after five stars, all because of Kirby. Mark yeah, Richt couldn't do Jack. Mac Brown was nothing. doing that at the end of his uh, Texas career, and I think they went five and seven, six years in a row. Bringing in talent only takes you so far. You got. He has to be. He Saban is so far in his head. It's not even funny. I need to see Kirby beat Saban. I just need it to happen. I mean, I think. I think this year, it's going to be tough. I mean, the wide receivers, the young receivers, are definitely going to have to make I, an I impact. Fromm, they can't I, just. Fromm needs. I like Fromm a lot. I think Fromm. Can, the only yes, if Fromm also can grow to the NFL prospect, they think he will be and can overcome the lack of experience at receiver. I think will be huge too. May third, twenty eighteen. Kirby Smart gets new seven year, forty nine million dollar deal from Georgia. Gus Malzahn is not getting fired. What? Gus Malzahn, you're calling for his head, and he is a seven year <laughs> yeah, deal. Yeah, he's getting fired because the president's gone. Who gave it to him? And you know he's not going anywhere when all the coordinators leave instead of staying to try to get the be the new head coach. All right, I guess. Didn't he also go to Georgia? He played at Georgia, yep. Yeah. He's, He's not going anywhere. Charlie Weiss had like a 10-year contract with Nadine. He was fired a year into it, I think. They're still paying him. Yeah, but didn't they go like, <laughs> didn't they like... What do you think about DeAndre Swift? I predicted him to be my Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, I think he is and will be the best running back in the country with from helping him out. And also, Zamir White, who is a redshirt freshman coming off a devastating knee injury in practice last year, he is the real deal. So I think the only thing... Preventing Swift from winning the Heisman is the same thing that prevents every Georgia running back from winning the Heisman. <laughs> it's other Georgia running backs. All right. So Georgia's had Stoney Michelle, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, line of legendary Georgia running backs that go to the NFL and are stars. Is DeAndre Swift, how, how does he compare to these guys? Where would you rank those four? Sorry, can you repeat the four? All that right. I'm Gurley, Stoney, Chubb, Swift. Oh, well, I mean, Gurley's number one. He's won most out. I don't even know what the award was, but most offensive player of the year. He's the real deal. Michelle and Chubb are good. Obviously, they're not great yet. They have the potential to be. Swift, I think, has the potential to be like an Alvin Kamara type of back. He's very good out of the backfield catching the you ball. Think, you think Swift is be? I think Swift is. Will be, in All terms of NFL, player. I think it will be Gurley, Swift, and then the next two. I like it. I like it. He's he's electric. I, I, I watched him in person. He's he's amazing. He's got that this one little one person, cut move that drops everybody. I did watch him. He was he's a good very good player. Especially when they're up by like seven and I don't know when you just need to break out touchdown to end the game run. he ends it. 
Yes, especially, the, especially when teams are getting tired. Does he, yes, does he have any injury, injury concerns? Georgia running backs, bad knees. He has some Samir White up. has injury issues. James Cook is a smaller running back, skinny, so that he could get hurt. But Swift, nothing wrong with Swift. And uh, back to your point with the big run. SEC championship against Auburn two years ago. Untouched. 30, 40-yard touchdown. Sealed the game. Yeah. Everything. All right, Owen. Uh, who do you have going to the uh, college football playoff this year? So I will say Alabama and Clemson. Um, in terms of the Big Ten, I will go Michigan. I know people want to say Harbaugh this, Shea Patterson, if he's still coming back. And for the fourth team, it's hard for me not to say I think Georgia will be in two SEC teams in again. I like it. I like it. Other than Michigan. They're awful. But I like it. I like the rest of it. Do <laughs> you think Georgia should have been in last year? No, they they. After the Alabama loss the first time, the second losing had that loss been their first loss in this run to Alabama, I think there could have been a chance. But losing to Alabama again, it's it's inexcusable. Yeah, you need to. They need to beat Alabama. Alabama's the if one, given the opportunity, they need to beat them. Yes, that's that's the it. hump that we need to get over, and it's and it sucks that there is. It's almost like you need to beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, it sucks that that's the one hump you need to get to, but that is the one thing they need to do is beat Alabama. And what do you think about uh last question for you? Justin Fields transferring to Ohio Hate State. Him. F him. He's the worst. He didn't really even prove himself at Georgia. He, not that he had Selfish much of a player. chance, but every time he dropped back to pass, it seems like he was run first. I don't, unless the coaching in at Ohio State can turn him around. I don't think he's gonna do much of anything. I'd like to see a George Ohio State playoff game. The more I think about it, that would be electric. <laughs> that would be that would be very. Gunner Hoke versus uh, Jake Fromm. <laughs> Not sure who Gunner. I do Hoke like is. the two who... SEC teams in the playoff though, because I I was I was looking at it. I took two SEC teams to make the playoff. Uh, everyone knows I took Florida by now, um, but I, you could make an argument that like four of the top seven teams in the country are in the SEC. Yes, and that's it, and that's also ignoring the. There does have to be some specific wins and losses, yeah. some kind of quirk. But at the end of the day, Georgia's in the top four teams, so it's hard not to include. Yeah, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 always seem to eliminate themselves. Yes. The Big 12, <laughs> at this point, it's the Big 12 doesn't really play real football. No defense there. We've seen this time and time again. Yeah. Uh, ND's a rebuilding year. The ACC has one team. So I can see I've, I can see a very clear path for two SEC teams getting in. So I like that pick. All right. That's it? Yep. Thanks for uh, joining us, Owen. Thanks for coming on Thank again. Thank you guys for having me. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right. Now we welcome on to the podcast uh, recurring guest, Mike Carr. Back to talk some Pac-12, mainly Oregon football. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Mike, I predict Oregon in my college football playoff coming out of the Pac-12. Uh, what are your expectations for your beloved Ducks this season? I have them there as well. I have them going 11-1. and one. Good conference play, big game against Auburn, week one, neutral site. That's a make-or-break game. If they win, they're going to be highly ranked, highly touted. Going into a neutral site, down in Texas, and beating a strong SEC football team. I got them at 11-1, that's their floor. And then I see them easily into the Pac-12 championship game, where they'll handle Utah, 27-20 is what I got. It's just going to, it's a good year for the Ducks. Uh, not the strongest Pac-12, especially not the strongest Pac-12 North that we've seen in recent years. Bryce Love's gone. A lot of key pieces out of that Washington team. 
they Washington couldn't even get it done against the Ducks last year. Ducks weren't as strong last year. Massive pickup with five-star defensive tackle. Uh, Kavon Thibodeau, I believe is how it's pronounced. That'll be a big rock in the Ducks defense, which is always solid. Uh, Mario Cristobal, another year in as their coach. He should be good. I believe it's going to be a great year for the Ducks and getting back to some of the glory days like we've seen in years past where they made it to the championship but just haven't been able to get it done. All right, so uh, you, see, you predict they're going 11-1. Who do you think they're one? Who's, who's their one loss going to be to? Um, Any team that especially worries you? about the Civil War, huh? You, Civil you War? Civil War? I said the Badgers, or not Badgers, the Beavers lose the Civil War by at least 40 to the Oregon backups because <laughs> yeah, Oregon will be 10-1 and one at that point. Oregon's won 10 out of the last 11 Civil Wars. Yeah, it's not even much of a contest. Oregon what, State what? hasn't been relevant since Jacquez Rogers. <laughs> they no. need Jacquez Rogers back. Oregon State is awful. Uh, Washington on the road, that's a tough game. Jacob that's Eason. tough, yeah. I mean, I mean you, like, you like you were saying, they lost a lot, but they got they picked up Jacob Eason. He'll be a uh, first-year starter for them this year. Yeah. Former number one overall recruit in the country, a quarterback. Uh, I picked Washington to win the Pac-12. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not completely sold in Oregon. I, want, I just haven't seen them get it done in the past, but I don't know. Who, who are your guys in Oregon this year? Who, who are the key pieces? Who are Herbert's the key everything. He went down last year, and they did not look good. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be another year in. He's... I mean, obviously, this is one of the better quarterback classes that we've seen in a long time. So even he'll fall down a little bit compared to some of the other guys. But a lot revolves around him. On the defensive side, like I said, five-star, Kavon Thibodeau. Big defensive tackle. If he can block the run, that'll be great. And then a lot of returning guys in the secondary. Um, got a couple names, but I won't bore you. And, um, yeah, I think just Oregon, it's going to be a lot on Herbert. If he can go, he can have a Heisman year. He can have, he'll say he's probably going to be a top five Heisman guy. Yeah, for the notable Oregon games, I don't think Auburn's going to be much of a challenge. I think Auburn is a terrible football team. No, it's not the same <laughs> Auburn that they faced back in 2013 in the national championship. I've already predicted Auburn not to make a bowl game this year. They lost to Tennessee last year. Tough schedule. Coach will be fired by week five. Yeah. We're looking at Stanford week four on the road. Last year, I watched that Stanford game at home. I I haven't seen a more creative way to lose a football game than that. It was yeah. absolutely terrible. Blew a huge lead. Fumbled the ball with like a minute left. Lost an OT. You need some revenge on Stanford this year, don't you? Yeah. And like I, I noted, that's a tough place to play. Palo Alto, not easy. Solo te- solid team year in, year out. And they're known to give the Ducks trouble even in years when Stanford's not anywhere near where the Ducks are, and vice versa. And then I'm looking at this three-week stretch of no buys at Washington, home against Washington State, and Coach Leach, who I think is the best coach in the conference, and then at USC. That's going to be that's gonna be tough to win all three of those games back-to-back weeks. You know, It'll be tough, out. but Washington State's nowhere near they, where they were last year. Coach Leach will always year. have a high-powered offense. It's true. Last year, they had a graduate QB who finished fifth in the Heisman. Right, they if can easily find you think that'll happen some... again, yes. you're surely mistaken because that is quite improbable. They did win some big games last year against uh, Washington and Oregon, but 
I see them sliding down to probably 500, 6 and 6. And then, Great coaching, but it's just tough coming off a year when you get lucky with a quarterback like that. I'm looking at uh Arizona State last week, second to last week of the season at Arizona State. Coach Herm Edwards give them another full season with the boys. I think they could improvement and that could be a huge uh that could be upset city right there. Arizona State is going to be a tough game going yeah, into a uh, It's never good to play down there. Sun Devils are a tough squad. They obviously lost star wide receiver Nikhil Harry. And they have a tough out-of-conference game themselves coming up against Michigan State, which hopefully they drop, and that would kind of demoralize them. Definitely good coaching with Herm Edwards, though. Experienced guy. He can throw a lot at you, especially down there in ASU. It's not going to be an easy game, but see, I did I did say 11-1. and I didn't say 12-0, and so there is a spot for the Ducks to lose. 11-1 and one in a Pac-12 championship, I do believe, gets them into the playoffs. Probably fourth, but playoffs nonetheless. Yeah, every single Arizona State loss last year, they lost five games all by a possession. They mm-hmm. are a very, very tough team to beat. Yeah, it's not an easy team to play. They'll be above 500, but not sure by how much. And I know I'm not giving Seamus much airtime right now, but I'm gonna, let's stick on to the Michigan State subject. Last year, the Red Box Bowl, Oregon versus Michigan State was a 7-6 thriller in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. What happened in that game? It was... 7-6, just an awful game of football. Not ideal conditions, a lot of missed kicks, a lot of missed opportunities. Michigan State and Oregon had two game series, back-to-back years, a home and away. Very close games, very high scoring. Uh, Great Oregon offense led by Vernon Adams Jr. in one of those years. Uh... But I don't really know. Seven to six. Depends how you look at it. Super Bowl was thirteen to three. Some people don't like defensive. Some people might not even call that a defensive game. There was definitely mistakes made. Kicks were missed. And I don't know how many people were watching the Red Box Bowl, but it was definitely <laughs> on TV. But Michigan State threw forty passes in that game and had hundred seventy two passing yards. I don't even know how that's possible. That's, that's awful. terrible. That's embarrassing. But Oregon. Uh, I saw somewhere that uh, this guy Die D Y E on a linebacker for Oregon. He's coming back, and yeah. uh, your boy Thibodeau. I guess he was the reason that he came back, and he wasn't gonna keep going to the draft unless Thibodeau came back. So you got a quarterback who was supposed to go in the first round, and this Die guy who was supposed to go high in the draft, but they're both coming back. So yeah, I yeah, veteran pieces are key in college football. Oregon's got the experience. Yeah, Oregon's got the talent. I. I'm I'm rethinking my Washington to win the Pac-12 pick. I still I, like I, Eason, I think but. a lot of a ton rides on that Oregon Washington game coming up. I think the winner probably sees himself winner of the North, obviously, probably unless Stanford does something insane. I'd see that that game kind of having a lot. Even if Oregon is to drop and slide to maybe ten and two, Washington. I do see Oregon in the final Pac-12 championship unless. Barring a major injury. Yeah. That's, those are the two teams I'm looking at in the uh, Pac-12. I mean, I don't think the Pac-12 is making the playoff. Because, in my opinion... I mean, I, if you look in the past, the Pac-12 always seems to be, beat themselves up. Yeah. The Pac-12 champion usually has two two or three losses. Um, it's just, like, the t- all the top teams just seem to always beat each other in these, like, midnight start games in November. It makes no sense, but it always happens every year. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at Washington. Doesn't really have any tough out of conference games. No, that's gonna hurt them. I think they won't be battle tested. They won't be able to rank high without big wins. 
like the one Oregon has on the table. Like, big SEC game. Um, another out-of-conference note I have for the Pac-12, specifically the South, specifically UCLA. I believe they're going to get embarrassed on national TV week three against the Sooners. Jalen Hurts is going to go for five TDs passing, you're gonna one disrespect rushing. Your, you're going to disrespect your old coach, Chip Kelly, yes, like that? Yes, of course. Wow. He's had no real success since departing Eugene. That's okay. a school not known for their football. Let him Cordell Brodus. Give him a recruiting cycle. <laughs> he recruits athletes. I have no faith. Chip Kelly, I think, he's, I think he lost a couple of brain cells down in Philly. Yeah. That was... When I got five and McCoy seven away. for the Golden Bears, and that's probably more on the ceiling side. Um. All right. So, you're you're talking about Herbert here. Herbert's the franchise quarterback. Uh, you liking Herbert for Heisman? You got a different pick. I got Jalen Hurts for Heisman after his big performance against UCLA. He's in the Big Twelve, which is known for its Five offense football. only, no defense. So before the show, you said you had a sleeper pick, and that's the sleeper you're coming up with. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is not a sleeper. He's like a, Nobody else has picked not him Not a yet. sleeper, but less touted than maybe a Trevor Lawrence. If or... Oklahoma has another Heisman-winning quarterback, I think uh, Lincoln Riley is going to get the uh, godfather-like offer for some awful NFL team. Giants are going to yeah. give Lincoln Riley $10 million. No, $100 million to be head coach. 10 years, 100 mil. Yeah, I, got, I, got I or- think it will fail epically. But... Yeah, I got Oregon over uh, Arizona State. Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. I, I just love Coach Herm Edwards. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good to see him down in the college ball, especially Arizona State. I got Oregon over Utah, as I previously mentioned. Utes usually throw together a good team. I don't know if you remember, but Oregon went there once, and Utah was going to go up 14 nothing, and the guy barely didn't bring it over the goal line. And so they play some good games, the Utes and the Ducks. Always fun to watch. I'd like to see that. Jalen Hurts is a Jalen Hurts is a fifth favorite for Heisman. It, ASU has a true freshman starting a QB this year. That's fine. We'll coach him up. Yeah, our, our QB will be fine. Moving on from uh, ASU, Mike, who do you got in the uh, college football playoff? All right, my four teams in no order: Clemson, they'll be back; Bama, they'll be back; Oklahoma and Oregon. And I think a ideal championship matchup would be Clemson and Oregon. You got your two six five ish quarterbacks going at it. Both pocket passer type guys. Looks like they're both games are gonna transfer good over into the NFL. It'd be great to see those teams go up against each other. I mean that'd be quite a test for Oregon to get past Clemson. But it'd be a fun game and playoffs can go anyway. It's supposed to be a close game against FSU back in the first college football playoff at the Rose Bowl, but it was a 59-28 molly whopping by the Ducks. And I'm confident that the Ducks will see themselves into that Final Four, and beside them will be Clemson, Oklahoma, and Alabama. I think I think Clemson's exposable. I, I think I think Clemson's vulnerable. ND exposed them in the first half of that game. They got screwed by a bad, bad out-of-bounds call, and then number one corner going out. I like Oregon. I'll I'll take Oregon in that first round playoff game in your uh, matchup. Yeah. No no Big Ten teams for you. No, I think they'll yeah. beat each other up. Rank your uh, Big Ten five, sucks. Rank Big your Power Five conferences. In order. Yeah. Or let's not another another way of asking this question is: Is the Pac-12 the worst conference in football right now? In football or in the in Power, power five? five? Uh some people think so. I don't. I think they're probably three or four 
It's mainly just the people on the East Coast who don't set to watch these great games. Yeah, right? ACC is the it's worst quality conference football. Of football. ACC is the worst conference of football. They have one team. Yeah, At least they have the independent, one team. independent, the FBS independents are deeper than the ACC. UMass is a better team than the second best team in the ACC. The ACC is awful. Pac-12 is much better than the ACC. There's four Pac-12 teams ranked in the ESPN preseason poll. There you go. Right Oregon, there. Washington, Stanford, and the Utes. Pac-12 kind of gets screwed. They get a bad uh, rep because their games start at midnight. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. If Pac-12 had earlier games, more people would watch them. they get more respect. Different story. They conference. don't have a great TV deal. I think they're hovering around FS1 or 2, which is not everyone has that. Um, they haven't had the biggest of biggest names come out of there as of late. It's... It's a good conference. I think people just, exactly, the East Coast people miss out on some great football. They'd rather watch a noon game in BC against Purdue. UNC. <laughs> BC, Purdue, exactly. And also, I think Pac-12 gets kind of screwed. I feel like all their out-of-conference games are uh, on the road, and then they yeah. have to travel three-hour or three hour time difference. They get screwed there. They all have good home records. They don't really have good road records. I've been looking at the standings. Yeah, the last a lot of years. tough places to play. That's what I'm saying, but nobody, nobody will travel out west. Teams are afraid yeah. to play them, so... I like the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is a little slept on. I think it's better conference than the Big 12 flag football, and I think it's better conference than the ACC. Much better football than the Big 12. Much more skill than the ACC. Exactly. All right. Thanks for coming on, Mike. No problem. Uh, Glad to provide my Pac-12 expertise. Let me welcome our next guest, uh, Ryan Cannon, to the show for his debut to the podcast. Ryan, big Clemson fan. Ryan, how do you see the uh, Tiger season going this year? Obviously, playoff has to be the expectation. I think... uh... They're going to win it all again. You think Clemson's winning the national championship again? Yeah, in all honesty, I do. I don't think... Bama's their only competition. Are you are you worried that the FCS schedule they played for the first 13 games of the year is going to have them ice cold head into the playoffs? They played nobody. It's preseason for 13 weeks. I mean, yeah, their schedule's a joke. But, I mean, they're filthy. Like, they just have so much talent. That's it. The D-line was all drafted to the uh, NFL last year. How are they going to replace the D-line? Their two ends, though, are nice still. What is it, like, Xavier Thomas? I think that's his name. He's supposed to be filthy. And then their other defensive end is supposed to be good, too. And they won, like, I think he's a freshman or sophomore. A D-tackle. I think it'll be good. Do you have no no questions over the talent of the team in the DN, DNs? I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how they actually play, but, you know, I think the talent's there. Yeah, I think for Clemson, even if they do lose a game and win the ACC championship, they're still going to make it into the playoff, right? Yeah, no, ACC's... 12-1 Clemson teams. I think, they're, I think they're a playoff walk, only because... The only, the only game that would, is concerning is Texas A&M probably week two, but that's at home. BC coming to town week six BC, isn't yeah week seven something like that that's that's a like win. as long as they win the ACC they'll be in the playoffs they really can't lose the ACC Syracuse on the road is like their hardest game and that I don't know South Carolina on the road I guess they always beat South Carolina that's a rivalry game though like it hasn't been close for like the last five Florida, years Florida State at home but that's a that's a joke that that program's a mess that that doesn't even count um, Syracuse could be good this year they gave us trouble last year for a bit. Yeah, cute. How uh, long can Syracuse be good for, though? They have a good coach. They have, like, yeah, new coach. Like, they're starting to recruit better. 
Trevor Lawrence also Syracuse got hurt coach. last year and they played them, though. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence going, getting hurt, let's put a random scrub back up there when that happened. Talking about Kelly Bryant. Transferred last year four games to the season. Did not get a championship ring. He played four games, didn't get a championship ring. How do you feel about that? Do you think do you think he deserved one or didn't? I'm actually all for what Dabo Sweeney did. Really? Yeah, I yeah. am too. Like, the way he just went about it, like, he told them he wasn't going to start. He told them, like, you know, he let them try to transfer. And then he's like, if you want to leave, that's fine. Go ahead and leave. If you want to stay, you could stay. And then the guy left and he was like, quit on his team. Well, he, he didn't really quit on his team. If you think about it, his coach quit on him. And if he didn't transfer after four games, he wouldn't. his college football career was over. But he his football career is probably he over. He would have played against Syracuse, showed how, like, when Trevor Lawrence was down, he would have played then. Like, a half of football wouldn't have. His, 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 his coach career, didn't quit on him. Coach his, picked the best quarterback for the team. He went 14-2 and two in his college career. Did everything that was asked of him. Waited his turn behind Watson for two years. Did everything that was asked of him. He, they and got his killed last by eligibility, Alabama. He gets benched for a true freshman. They got killed by Alabama in the semifinal game. In the third Everyone got killed by that Alabama team. They put up six points. Yeah, but the coach, like, at least Dallas Sweeney was like up front with them and said, like, look, so, you're not gonna play. Like, all right, he I let have, him transfer. I have questions play. for both of you. Does Steven Sawicki deserve a ring? Who's you know? Who's, who's who's Steven? Steven? No, who is he? He's the third string kicker on Clemson. He got a ring. Does Steven Sawicki, who played zero games, third string kicker? Deserve a ring more than Kelly Bryant, who played four games, started a quarter. Yeah, Steven Squisky was part of the team. Yeah, he what did showed he do? up, showed up to, showed up to every guys kick at practice. Showed up to every team meeting, went does, to every went to every workout. Does Alex Spence deserve a ring? Yes. Do you know who Alex Spence? No. Is? Backup kicker. Does Carson King deserve a ring? Yes. That's the third string punter. You think all these guys deserve a ring? Yes. Clemson's third string. They're a part of the punter. team. Kelly Bryant was not a part of the team. Does the, is the, two, is the third string punter really part of the team? Yes. The third string punter's filling up water bottles. Kelly Bryant did more. Somebody in, has to do that. Kelly Bryant did more in the, the four games that he played than these guys have ever done and ever will do for Clemson, most likely. <laughs> Steven Sawicki's never touching the football field for Clemson. This guy's a walk-on Someone's going to fill up those water bottles, though. Who did Kelly Bryant beat? Georgia Tech? Kelly Bryant he deserves had, a ring because he beat Georgia Tech like the other QBs wouldn't have beaten Georgia Tech? Kelly Bryant. And Sanford and the other crap team that played the first four weeks of the season? Backup quarterbacks have a way bigger influence than back third string kickers. Backup quarterbacks actually contribute when you're talking film and you watch film. They're, they're, he they're, wasn't the backup quarterback. If he stayed on, exactly. yes, he deserves a ring. If he, yeah, if he, if he stayed, stayed on, his football career is over. He would be quitting on himself. If you talk, if you want to talk about him quitting, if he stayed on that team, he's, he's quitting on himself. Get drafted, up on anyway. himself. He's not he's not getting drafted. He's not going to the NFL. If he goes off in Missouri, you don't think he's gonna get drafted? No, I don't think he'll No. He's not going off in Missouri. Why not? He's, he's not even that good. He's, good he's not. All right, whatever you say. I like Kelly Bryant. I think he got screwed. I think that will give up on him. How did he give up on him? He picked he the best quarterback prospect ever started playing for them. Did everything was asked for him. Trevor Lawrence is the best. Like, he's the next Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Yeah, this, is about, this is about Matt Barkley, too. We'll see what happens. <laughs> he has two years left of the draft. This is about Matt Barkley, too. Not sold. Not sold. Go back to back. I'll be sold. If I was the Patriots, I would trade the future way to draft Trevor Lawrence. He's a freshman. Two years left. Said that about Matt Barkley. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, Trevor I- Lawrence won the Heisman? No. ETF to win the Heisman. I like ETF for the no, Heisman this year. I think he'll get 25 touchdowns, at least. I agree. He's a big play machine. I like ETF. Plus, he gains, he gains like big. 30 pounds of muscle. 
muscle. He'll be all over Twitter. He's gonna have like four nets, a four net season kind of. He's be all over. Twitter. I think he'll be like. I think he'll be like a late first, early second round pick next year. He's got wheels. He's a good player. Um, the prospect might not be too bad. I don't really deal though. But I will give the. I think the reason Clemson is gonna beat Bam again is because of their defensive coordinator. Yeah, they do get all their coaches to stay. That's like the one thing that I think puts Clemson ahead of Bama. None of their coaches leave, and Bama has all their coaches leave every single year. They it's get always, new coaches. It's always it like matter. from the SEC yeah, it championship. Does. To the coaches stay? Steve, Steve Sarkeesian left. That was actually an upgrade for them. Doesn't really. Lane Kiffin left. But it's Is that like really every single year from like the SEC championship to the playoff to the championship. It's like same as got a pipeline. The coaches leave and everything. They institute like new playbooks and everything. Having the same coach and the consistency and everything. It definitely gives Clemson an edge there. That's it. All the coaches say that, too. All right. So you're 100% sold. Clemson's your national championship team, back-to-back? Yeah. All right. Who's, if, who, who's filling think, out the rest of your playoff? We're not other three teams. I think it's Clemson, Bama, I'll go Ohio State, and four is tough. I could see Oklahoma again, or... Georgia. You gotta commit to one of the two. You gotta commit. We're playing playoff player predictions for every guest. Georgia then. Georgia? Yeah. Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia? Yep. Ohio State doesn't have a quarterback. (laughs) Gunnar Hoke is starting right now. It all gets sorted out. He he didn't start at Kentucky. (laughs) Transfer for Kentucky. He's a grad transfer for Kentucky. He was a former three star recruit, backup for four years. I just think they're gonna figure it out. You've Gunnar Hoke in your Heisman race, don't you? I yeah, Gunnar Hoke. Gunnar Hoke's. Uh, I think he's gonna be. I think he'll be there for the the Heisman Trophy presentation. I don't think he'll be watching from the stand. I don't think he's gonna win, but I think he'll, be <laughs> I think he'll get a couple third place votes. All right, that's it. All right, yeah, thanks I mean, for joining us. Thank you. I like the Clemson pick. I I think they're gonna win it too. But actually, no, I think Florida's gonna win it. But if Florida doesn't win it, I got Clemson. And we thank all of our guests who uh, came on and. Lastly, to close, we'll go over a few things that we uh, might have missed throughout our preview show. So, uh, Seamus, anything that you missed in the first hour? Uh, yeah, I forgot to add that uh, I want to talk about Texas A&M real quick. Head coach Jimbo Fisher, national championship experience. Uh, he's produced Heisman winners, Jameis Winston in the past. He's won natties. He's, he's a very successful head coach. I'm not a huge fan, mostly because he coached FSU, who was my least favorite team for a while there, back when they uh, beat ND in that terrible game way back when. But anyway... Uh, A&M might have one of the toughest schedules I've ever seen in my entire life in college football. Uh, week one, or well, I guess week two, they play Clemson, number one team in the country. Uh, week four, they play Auburn, number 16 team in the country. Week six, they play Alabama, number two team in the country. And then near the end of the season, they play Georgia and LSU back-to-back to close of the season, the number three and six teams in the country. On the road. On the road. That is... And they play Clemson on the road at the beginning of the season. That is absurd. That is, they play the 1, 2, 3, and 6 teams. <laughs> that is, I've never seen a team with a schedule that ridiculously hard. But uh, quarterback Calamond, I like him a lot. Beat LSU in the ninth overtime game, whatever it was last year. It was one of the most exciting games uh, in college football. That's one of the most exciting college football games ever, you could say, probably. That was just electric game. Unreal ending. Uh, Calamond, I think he's really talented. I think he's a good quarterback. And I didn't really talk about him, but... If A and M can win these, like, can win three of these four games, they have they're obviously in the playoff conversation. 
Uh, and Kellen Mond would obviously be in the Heisman conversation, I think, because this, <laughs> I, I think he would be. He'd put up numbers in this A and M offense, and um, I mean, if you beat two of Bama, Clemson, Georgia, you're you're in, but that you're in the Heisman conversation no matter what. You're definitely in the playoff conversation. But uh, regardless, if you even beat one of these teams, you have a. I mean, this team's gonna have a huge impact on college football this season. They're gonna probably have the best chance of any team to beat uh, Clemson. And yeah, I just I think I, I think A and M's gonna be a really uh, important team to follow this year in college football. A lot of huge games. They're gonna be in prime time a lot. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for A and M in all these games. I like I like chaos. So yeah, Callum Mond, Heisman dark horse. It's another dark horse sleeper I got. Yeah, and the one thing I missed. I'm not I'm not very high on LSU this year. Ranked like preseason six. I think they're overrated. They haven't had an 11 win season since 2011 where they won 13 games and lost to Bama in the national title game. Every year they've been preseasonly high-ranked. I think in all these years, when they haven't, when they have not finished with 11 wins, they've been ranked high as 2, 6, 8, 4, 5, 12, and 4 in the last, what's that, 7 years, and they've not done anything. So I don't see LSU doing anything, especially their head coach, Ed Orgeron. Not, not a very good coach, in my opinion. And then we talk about Michigan's bad offense. LSU's offense is just as bad, if not worse. In the style that they play, quarterback Joe Burrow. I don't know. He's not. He's not very good. Last year, fifteen eight percent completion percentage, seven point six yards per attempt. So they don't. They don't have any explosiveness in offense either. So I see no way they beat all these teams in the SEC, and they'll they'll have no chance of beating Bama. And they're they're returning a lot of their team though. They're good on defense, but they just can't do anything on offense. Didn't they lose their best running back too to the pros? That. Bruce, uh, guy? I don't think he was their best running back. I, I, I don't. I don't know. They might have lost. I don't. Know, I don't know. Oh yeah, they, they, lo- they a, lost Brosette. Yeah, they lost him. They haven't had an eleven-one season since Les Joe, Miles. Joe Burrow is coming back. He, yeah, he's not that good. He, they don't do anything in that offense. Well, I mean, it's LSU. They always have a good freshman running back out of nowhere coming up. They, they, they'll be fine at running back. They're not. They're not up. a playoff contender. Is what I'm saying. They're not. A, they're not a national playoff contender. All right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to completely disagree with you there, but it's, it's still LSU. They're a threat. They're not a threat. They're a very good team. No, not 11 wins since Les Miles. They're, they're one of the most talented teams in the country, probably. Yeah, and they haven't had 11 wins since Les Miles in 2011. That was first for everything. I like Oregon. He's pretty funny. Not a great coach. We'll see. We'll see. All right, that's it for the college football preview? Yep. All right, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be updating college football. We'll have some college football segments throughout the season. Maybe some previews from some for some uh, big time games like uh, Michigan ND. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so yeah, be back later this week with a fantasy football episode. Uh, we have a special guest coming on for that. It's gonna be good stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. And remember to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. We'll tweet every time we have a new episode. Thanks for listening.